0: Chishon, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: It's more than all right. Good Friday morning, and it certainly is for Laker Nation and Key. You know, it's not too often where LeBron James scores the same amount of points as JaVale McGee, but that's what the box score said last night, or if you were watching the game down in the bubble. Jay is happy. A.D. has stepped up. Anthony Davis had a monster game, 31-11. So when McGee and the Kings scored 10 apiece, it's not a huge deal. Huge deal for the Blazers. Dame got hurt. Lakers put the hurt on Portland, 111-88. It's the Lakers' first playoff win in eight years. Lakers insider Dave McMenamin will join us in the final hour of the program. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app were presented by Progressive Insurance. Dave and every other guest will join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Key, AD was put on blast after that game one, where he scored 28 points, was was a minus 20 on the plus minus. I'm sure he heard all the nonstop chatter, and obviously, if he did, he used it for some major fuel.
2: You know, I don't, I don't know if he heard it or not, but he certainly know his game was off in game one. And if he wants to be a big part of the Lakers championship runs, he has to deliver like he did last night. You you look at. The thing, he played the five position the majority of the evening. I would probably, you know, percentage-wise, 75%, okay? And and that's what you need from a guy to buy in at the five. Early in the year, everyone talked about he didn't want to play the five, which he wanted to be a three-point shooter. He wanted to be what the NBA is now. He still shot well from three last night, hitting three or four shots. But he played big in the paint, 11 rebounds. He had a double-double, 31 points. They couldn't stop him at all whatsoever, And much like I mentioned yesterday, when we talked about our Lakers, we made a a decision to focus on getting him on the blocks, allowing him to dominate the inside game, and every now and then put the ball on the floor and do some things. Because when when a guy like that is focused on doing something, there's nothing you could do. His length, his strength, his size, his feet, all the sort of things that made him the number one pick.
1: Jay, you were there in studio watching all the games yesterday. What are your takeaway thoughts?
3: When AD is an alpha, he is the best big there is on the planet. When he's a beta, he'll still give you 28 and 11, but the body language is different. Mm. The attack mentality is different. It seems like, oh, I'm trying to pick my spots. I'm trying to get him where I fit in. Last night when he had 31 and 11, he was a plus 32 as opposed to the other night when he was a minus 20, Their body language is different. The energy was different. You know, you you saw a guy that was grabbing rebounds, that was blocking shots off pick and rolls. And, you know, Keyshawn alluded to it, playing the five, trailing. Like, he he has the quick feet to attack Dame and has the length to say, hey, let me funnel you to the basket, blocking Dame's shot. When he's an alpha, Mm -hmm. they are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best. When he's a beta, they're a decent team.
2: And clearly – You know, in situations like this, you smell blood. Mm -hmm. You know, you go back and you look at the film, you self-check, evaluate. You go back and you say to yourself, okay, we missed this spot here. We're not going to miss it in game two. This is how we are going to win the game. LeBron obviously had an off night, which is fine. Great players have off nights, but when you have a second player that's a top five, six player in the NBA, you certainly want him to step up and that's what he did. So as far as all the critics and things of that nature, they kind of got to go away a little bit. They got to go back into the little mouse hole in the (laughs) wall, like on Tom (laughs) and Jerry. They got to go back in there and and hide out until game three and see what happens. It's apropos
1: because it was a cartoonish performance from Anthony Davis, 31 and 11 in less than 30 minutes, 29, 21. You mentioned the King real quick. Here's LeBron on AD's on court demeanor last night.
4: He was just aggressive. Um, you know, from the beginning of the game, um, Know, wasn't passive at all. Looked for his shots. Even some of that he missed early. He continued to look for his uh, uh, look for a shot, and he did a great job of offensive rebounding as well, uh, getting some putbacks um, in, in that fashion. I've had some great teammates in my career. Um, AD is one of those unicorns, um, and he does things that some of my other great teammates are not capable of doing.
3: So, two things that I heard LeBron say. First words out of his mouth. Key. He, he was aggressive. Mm-hmm. He was aggressive.
2: But that's cool. And I, the reason I, why
3: it's cool is because he's kind of sort of putting A.D. on notice. He is, and he should put A.D. on notice. And it goes back to what I just said originally. When A.D. is an alpha, that he gets you those kind of performances, right? And his next sentence, he wasn't passive at all. So that's LeBron James
1: so saying again, to A.D. Yeah, yes. again,
2: he's saying to him, you got to step up, dog. You can't be soft without saying it to him.
1: P.J. Carlissimo was on the call on ESPN Radio last night. He likes that word aggressive, too. Simply put, Coach, the difference between Game 1 and Game 2 for the Unicorn was?
4: I just thought he was a lot more aggressive, uh, much more aggressive. Taking it to the rim, at one point he was 8 for 9, and we're debating at a timeout what was the longest shot he had made. They were all dunks, putting the ball on the floor, going in, getting an offensive rebound, sticking it back. He just owned the paint.
1: So when he is playing at the alpha level, as Jay is referenced, who in the NBA can guard him if he's playing like that with that lengthy inside-outside game?
3: I don't know who you're asking. You're asking
1: me. No, you're asking I, I, he, no he
2: was asking me, but I looked at you because I'm like, <laughs> who? I don't like, know. That's, yeah. why, that's why I looked at you. I'm like, who?
3: I don't. I don't see anybody guarding. Giannis Anthony can Davis. guard him. Giannis can guard him potentially. Giannis
2: can guard him potentially, but outside of that, because of the size and his quickness. I don't see another athletic big that could maybe.
3: Montres the- Harrell maybe could guard him a little bit, but here's AD has such an advantage when AD decides to go down low on the block and bully ball you, mm-hmm. you're not stopping it because if he does that, then he sets the tone. That I can dominate you in the paint, and then he's involved in high pick and rolls with LeBron James. And look. Something else that the Lakers did last night that we're not talking about, they made 14 threes. They yeah, made 14 threes. You made 14 threes. They so when you're keeping in people one. honest yeah. from the perimeter, and AD made a couple of threes too, not how the hell are you going to guard him. To me, That's one, what of
2: I'm the, one of the things that really makes him special to me, and you tell me if I'm right, Jay, is when he face you up at seven feet and mm. he can put the ball on the floor and he gets even with you, there's really not anything you can do when he goes up. You just got to kind of hope and pray that he misses because of his length. Now, when you see him doing that, you sit back and hope that you can get some help. But if he's already down low, that
3: help isn't coming. You know, you know what Portland needs? and It's funny. I've had some interesting conversations with people from Miami, too, because this player was at Miami and, and played there for a second. But when you look at Hassan Whiteside, mm. he you know, close to the same size as Anthony Davis, uh, close to the same athletic ability as Anthony Davis – but, man, it just seems like sometimes he's on the court. You're like, is Hassan Whiteside even on the court? Is he even on court? Because a- a- AD always has the talent. But sometimes you, you wonder about that from Hassan Whiteside. I know it has to frustrate Portland because he doesn't give you effort. It's not consistent. And he, I, mean, I can imagine if you were a player on Key's team, you would be seeing Key in that ISO camera every other huddle, <laughs> cursing Hassan Whiteside out. <laughs> Because that—that's that, what he deserved last night. He doesn't give you an effort. He needs a lot better effort. Portland needs better effort from him in Game Three.
2: I wasn't that bad, Z. Don't <laughs> don't don't. We think- already heard
3: about the box. The we heard box, about
2: the box the yesterday. The box is different, though. I wasn't I wasn't brutal on my teammates. I'm not Michael Jordan. What I look
3: like? You were just brutal on the coaches.
2: I was more on the coaches because yeah. it's, it's their job to get everybody to. To play a certain at a certain level. Let's yeah.
1: just well, say, well,
3: Terry Stotts needs to make
1: sure that Hassan Whiteside brings it. Then Terry Stotts, the Blazers' head coach, Hassan Whiteside got a Brinks truck backed up from the Miami Heat and essentially worked his way right out of town with a terrible attitude. And now Jay said a terrible performance last night. If you're wondering, the box uh, when Key wasn't getting enough touches, he just let people know at halftime exactly what needed to happen. Keyshawn J Will and Zubin brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Real quick, I often think this Jay with Anthony. Davis and I know this is one of those things where you can't woulda coulda shoulda if this guy could just remain healthy imagine where the arc would be if he hadn't spent so much time being injured with both the Lakers and in New Orleans that's a scary thought you can't change it but think
3: about that I I you know yeah I I think you can factor in injuries I also think you can factor in the environment I think you have to factor in playing down in New Orleans I mean obviously he forced his way out of New Orleans, similar to the way that Jamal Adams forced his way out of the Jets, right? I don't think or ultimately. Or did. Or Key I did. not <laughs> uh, force wow. my way out of the Jets. <laughs> it started with with early in the morning.
2: I did not force my way out of the Jets. I wanted to stay. They decided that I had more value away from them than I did with them.
1: Turned out okay for
2: you, though. Right, Evan?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's our producer, Evan Wilner. But I was just
3: going to say, I, I think it's so much – of the fact that A D being down in New Orleans, I mean, with the exception of the times they got to the playoffs, I don't really felt like he had a, a legitimate chance. Get in to where win. you fit
1: in. You love saying that, right?
3: Well, I, I don't think he I don't think he had other players get in where they fit in yeah, down here. Yeah. He needed other superstars around him. Drew Holiday's good, but Drew Holiday is not LeBron James. No.
1: Nobody is. Still to come. Dame got hurt. You probably heard about it. Finger injury. His head coach says one thing about game three. Dame saying completely another when it comes to his status. Coach and star player butting heads. Who's right? Who's wrong? And will he go in game three? We'll have that in moments.
5: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet?
1: And from A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. Redbox has something for everyone, along with a new comedy that can't be missed. Keys Rock out. Mm. Rent the King of Staten mm. Island, starring what? Pete Davidson and directed by Judd Apatow. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. And we were watching Giannis go off last night after that game one dud Giannis, 20 points, 20 rebounds. Five oh, buckets,
3: man. Get out of my way. Oh, Jay actually made Vucevic look like a normal human being. He wasn't a superpower.
1: After having 30 in game one, how about the old twenty twenty five line, Jay, for Giannis? Uh,
3: he, he is a skinny Shaquille O'Neal.
1: Well,
2: Shaq was skinny at once upon
1: a time, too. Not that skinny.
3: <laughs> yeah, in all his early days in Orlando. Not Giannis skinny. His early days in Orlando. Go back and look. He is not Giannis skinny.
1: Last 2025 for a Bucks player, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was tall, skinny, and very talented, ah! and the first That's guy to do it anywhere GJ. since Dirk in 06. Five foot rim. from the top of the league. Bucks are looking for their first title since 1971. To the bottom, the Wolves ended the season with the third worst record in the NBA, but they were winners last night. Oh, there's Commissioner, Assistant Commissioner Tatum. We should mention the draft lottery went to the Wolves, the Hornets, the Knicks pick eighth. The Warriors, Jay, pick second. And you want to talk about a rebuild on the fly here, huh?
3: The Warriors? Did you just call the Warriors a rebuild?
1: Well, I mean, if you just get those two guys healthy and then you add the number That's two not overall, a rebuild. I mean,
3: they're they're going to be top three, top four in the Western Conference next year. This is not a rebuild. That's called the rich getting richer. They're probably going to get a guy like James, uh, James Wiseman. That's going to be incredible for Slight that
1: team. reboot. Kid out of Memphis, James Wiseman. The, the, they were fifteen and fifty last great year. That's the thing, reason I called it a read. The great thing about 50. being
2: the number one pick overall, you know you're gonna be the number one pick overall, but the sad thing is you go to a sad team, bro. <laughs> yeah, that is
1: and by the way, whoever goes number eight is also going to a sad team. That's where the Knicks find themselves yet again. And on a more serious note, the Washington football teams, Ron Rivera, their first year head coach, told our Adam Schefter he has cancer. It's actually squamous cell carcinoma. In a lymph node, he did tell his players during a meeting Thursday that nothing is going to change. He's ready to go. There is a plan B in place if the situation were to change. The best news of all, the cancer is in its early stages and is considered, quote, very treatable and curable. And, Jay, the only reason I mention this is we got three dudes sitting on the set. I would assume many people that are listening are men. And the way it just goes with guys, I don't know if it's in our DNA or whatever, until you're hurt, you just don't get it checked out. Ron Rivera had a lump in that lymph node in his neck for two weeks. He thought it would go away. Let me just not worry about it. And then after two weeks when it was still present, he said, listen, I got to check it out. It's a very, very guy thing to not go to the doctor unless you're hurting. But this is just another great example of if there's ever any question, there's nothing more important than your health.
3: Yeah, I've had uh, multiple people I know struggle with cancer. And uh, yesterday when I read this, I said a quick serenity prayer for him mm-hmm. and his family. Uh, obviously, this is challenging for anybody to deal with. Um, and I know he's going to try to throw himself into his work, but also at the same time make sure that he spends time with himself and his family. So we wish the best of luck to Coach Rivera.
2: Absolutely. Coach Rivera Riverboat is what I call him. Everybody calls him Riverboat, Ron. He'll go and kick cancer's ass. I trust that. Here, here. Best of luck, Coach.
6: From the jump tonight, they got their two feet and their butts
4: in the paint and took it right to the Portland Trailblazers. Shot fake, bounces one, spin shoots, the fader, and it drops it in another one. What a night for Anthony Davis. We just wanted to come out aggressive tonight and play with a a sense of desperation, and we did that. Yeah, I'm going to say it out loud. Where the hell was this in Game 1
6: with the Los Angeles Lakers? Anthony Davis, why weren't you like this in Game 1?
1: That's a really good question, Freddie Coleman. That's a really, really good question. Bottom line, when Dame got hurt, had the finger injury, they were already down 30 points. It just didn't really matter. He says he's ready to go for game number three. He's not as definitive as you might think. Terry Stotts, the head coach, said, we'll wait and see. Bottom line, our Tim Legler essentially said, a finger injury to a basketball player is pretty obvious, but there's a little nuance here to consider.
6: And that's one of the most understated injuries when it comes to affecting your shooting. When you hurt something on that offhand, the way that affects you, it can affect the way you catch the ball cleanly. If that is really tender and sore when you go into game three, you know, when you catch it, sometimes that can affect how cleanly you catch it. Certainly going to your left for that step-back three-point shot that he loves going in that direction, that could be affected.
1: Legler on SportsCenter after the game last night. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Give it to me straight here Jay, what do you think about those comments by legs?
3: If I am in the sea of sharks, I do not want there to be blood in the water. And that's blood in the water, right? So let me tell you what's going to happen every time Dame Key decides to gather the ball, Mm -hmm. either go up for a jump shot or try to gather the ball and go to the rim. You're going to see KCP. You're going to see Danny Green. Rake down on the ball. There's this old saying in basketball that your hand is part of the ball. Well, if I know that your left finger hurts and you're gathering the ball, I'm raking down every time. And if I happen to hit your left hand, if I happen to hit your finger that's dislocated, then so be it. Hand's part of the ball. I'm going to challenge it every single time. I'm going to make you pay and make you play through that agonizing pain each and every possession. That's something that people don't talk about when you have these type of injuries and everybody says, oh, you dislocated your finger. Oh, what finger is it? Oh, it's this finger. Okay. I know what Uh, that is every single time. A
2: a dislocated finger, no matter where it's at on your hand, hurts. In in basketball, having played basketball before, I certainly know that you can't perform at a level without having your hands ready to go. Now, football-wise... You look at it. You dislocate your hand. You got to catch a football. You got to block. You got to do sort of all sorts of things. You look at this finger right here, Z. Yeah. This finger is dislocated two days before the Super Bowl. It actually sat on the back here. We had to tape it together so I could play in the Super Bowl.
1: It's your right ring finger for yes. those on radio. Your yeah. right ring finger right. and your middle finger.
2: Yes. And so we had to tape these together because this ring finger set back here damn near on my wrist. So they pulled it back out front. How that made you drop your thing? You're so nervous now. He was like, what? Back to the wrist. I got the hand in. I got the hand in. <laughs> but you put it together. And ke- imagine catching a football and somebody trying to strip you mm-hmm. and doing this here. Hurts like hell. Just a little bit. Now, people would think that there's meds that are out there. You could take a shot. You could do all that. No, you can't. Because you're still going to feel that pain. Not only that, the... Being able to grab a basketball or a football, if it's going to feel larger because you, you get the swelling. So when you're grabbing, you're grabbing that basketball or football, your hand is actually going to be lifted up off the surface of the particular material. So it's, it's, it's one of those deals where it's going to be interesting to see. Now, it's not his shooting hand.
3: It's his left hand, but he still has to be able to gather himself, catch the ball, and shoot. But the left hand for Dame, for a guy who scores so much off the dribble, that's his pace hand. That's his pace hand. What does right? that mean? So that means, like, most of the time when Dame shoots, I mean, he can definitely shoot off the right-hand dribble, but sometimes with the left, he, you, you see him gathering a rhythm with the left when he dribbles the ball, right? So he'll gather his rhythm, gather his rhythm, and then he'll bring the ball from his left hand to his right hand. And also, you know, when your two fingers are taped together, think about it, you're used to feeling the ball. Yeah, Your, that's, your fingers yeah. are spread out all the time. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, you're collecting two fingers. The ball just feels different. It doesn't come off the hand the same way with that and, pace and and that I used
2: I, to. And that's why I said the surface of the ball, there's like – it'll be like this small little gap in between because yes. the, it raises up. So you won't really feel it because the fingers are taped together. You need
3: them where you be able to palm the ball, you know. Think so- about it. You get thousands of shots up. Z? On your fingers you feel the hand, right? <laughs> now all of a sudden you're putting tape that's on top of your fingers that kind of disrupts your feeling with the ball. How many shots have you gotten up with tape on your fingers? Minimal, right? I- I- exactly. So now all of a sudden you're being asked to do that on a fly – anybody would be remiss to think it doesn't give you the same feel. Have you ever dislocated a finger? I have not. Bring your hand. Let me show you.
1: (laughs) Go and snap that hand, Keith. (laughs) During the commercial break, it'll be the two of you the rest of the way. I'll be on the I'll be in the K- I show Z my finger. He got the dropper stuff. I'm on the show's <laughs> injured list. I'm retroactive to five minutes ago. I'll be, I'll be ready to go my Monday. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. From breaking the unwritten rule book to the Padres to breaking the record book for the Padres. Wait till you see what they did last night that the rest of baseball combined is chasing. and Get Yourself the Baseball Tonight podcast. The host is Buster Only, and he joins us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster and everyone else appears on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Buster, we are here in New York on this Friday morning. The Mets have two positive cases in the organization. Their game with the Fish was rained out last night, or essentially canceled last night, excuse me, and the big subway series between the Yankees and Mets, which was going to start tonight, is also off. So two games out because two in the Amazons organization have tested positive. What more can you add?
0: Well, we certainly have learned by this point. And by the way, guys, congratulations on the show. I was there for the first hour. I watched every bit of it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, boss. I I think that uh, with, with baseball, for sure, they have learned how to deal with the situation. We've seen outbreaks with the Marlins. We've seen outbreaks with the Cardinals. And it's pretty clear they are plowing ahead. You know, even if a team or two teams are shut down, they're going to go and play the games. And so the Mets will go through the same thing that we saw with the Marlins and the Cardinals, and they'll try to contain this. Uh, They'll try to isolate their players. And then when they can move ahead, they will move ahead. I I will tell you that one of the concerns that's mounting uh, in front offices around baseball are the number of doubleheaders that are piling up. There are people at the team level who don't think that's a good idea, and they, they really hope that baseball at some point Um, you know, pulls back on that because they feel like playing that many makeup games is not a good idea.
2: Buster, how surprising is it to see that the Tampa Bay Rays right now in the AL East are up on the Yankees by a half game, which says that they're not afraid of them?
0: No, 100%. And look, the, the Rays at the end of last year, I remember when they were knocked out of the playoffs by the Houston Astros the next day, I was talking with George Springer and Jose Altuve, and they were like, man, that is a good team. What what jumps out is what you just said that they're not afraid of them. You know, back in the you know 15 years ago, the Yankees always seemed to find a way to beat Pedro Martinez, and on the flip side, you know, the Red Sox always seemed to find a way to get to Mariano Rivera, and that's the kind of dynamic I think we have here, where the familiarity uh, makes the Rays confident when they play the Yankees. Now, the Yankees have a lot of guys out. They added their injured list yesterday. You know, James Paxton having a forearm issue. Zach Britton going uh, down with a hamstring issue. They'll get some guys back healthy, but the the Rays aren't afraid of the Yankees.
3: Buster, yesterday we saw the Phillies blow a seven run lead against the Blue Jays. (laughs) What was your reaction to that within the context of the outcry over Fernando Tatis and uh, that situation the other night?
0: It's the perfect example. What? (laughs) That's why I was laughing at it, Buster. I'm laughing. Uh, and you should laugh at it. it's ridiculous. You know, you know. As this conversation has has played out, uh, you know, I'm thinking back to like eighth grade basketball when one team has six kids who've already been through puberty and they're up by sixty <laughs> points at halftime. Yes, in that context, you you know you you take off the full court press, you back off, you have good sportsmanship. This is professional baseball. You play to the end, and I was so heartened by. Uh, You know, the reaction of Johnny Bench, the Hall of Famer, right after Tatis Jr. started to get criticism, where he tweeted out basically, look, you just keep playing. And Aaron Boone, there's nobody who who comes from a place more old school than he does. His grandfather played the big leagues. His dad played in the big leagues. His brother played in the big leagues. And the other day, Aaron said, yeah, I believe in some of that stuff. And then he paused and said, but when you really think about it, a lot of it is really silly. And, And I do feel like that this week, may have been a turning point in that whole conversation.
2: Buster, let's go out west to my Dodgers. Uh, Clayton Kershaw obviously was dealing last night in a a very impressive win. Where is he at, and what do you feel about him right now, as well as the way the Dodgers are
0: playing? And, Keyshawn, you remember uh, when Peyton Manning came back uh, from the injuries that he sustained toward the end of his time with the Colts, where you kind of wondered, boy, is he going to be the same guy? And then he had that incredible season when he was with the Broncos. That's what it feels like when you watch Kershaw now. You know, he's had back problems. He's had some hip issues. Uh, his velocity's been down, and he didn't know if he'd get back to being the vintage Kershaw. But that's exactly what Cody Bellinger said after the game last night. That was vintage Kershaw. He's throwing more sliders. His fastball velocity's up. Uh, and even now at an advanced age, he seems to have found another gear. It's pretty cool. Is he a
2: little heavier, though? Did he? It seemed like he got a little like more muscle on him now.
0: Oh, and, and, you know, look, he, he is a, a guy who works diligently. He's always been on his own program. I remember going down and doing a piece down in Dallas on him. Um, <laughs> as I'm waiting at this uh, his old high school gym, you know, his car rolls up and you're waiting for the entourage, right, the trainers and, and folks like that. It was Clayton all by himself. And I agree with you. I think he's adjusted his workout regimen probably to – you know, help him deal with some of those back and hip issues he's had.
2: And when you when you look at it, how how happy are the Dodgers to get the Mookie Betts deal done, and and are they you know excited to continue to have him play the way he's playing?
0: Yeah, and they're I think uniquely positioned to do that because uh, they have so much payroll flexibility. Their head of baseball ops, Andrew Friedman, has done a phenomenal job of uh, developing a, a you know scouting and minor league system where you have uh, young players like Cody Bellinger coming in, like Corey Seager coming in. And so they, they absolutely were one of the few teams right now that would think about making that type of investment when no one knows what the financial landscape is going to be. And Mookie is a great player. Oh, my goodness. You know, Buck Showalter, uh, you know, a couple of years ago said to me, he's never seen a better right fielder. So even on, you know, in those times, and Mookie can, uh, he, he d- does at times put pressure on himself. He can go through some little offensive dips, but he's still such a great defender and such a great base runner. He's always going to bring something.
1: It's a great point when you especially consider that Friedman has handed out some big extensions since running the Dodgers, but they have not spent a huge amount of money on a contract. And Mookie got 300 million plus. They opened up the coffers for a 27 year old stud baseball tonight. Podcast hosted by Buster only the focus, which you can download anywhere you get podcast a trade deadline Unlike anything else, it's August 31st, five weeks after opening day this year between the Yankees and the Nets. Five weeks, and it's the trade deadline already. That's 2020. Thank you, Buster.
0: (laughs) Thanks, guys. Good to talk with
1: you. Think about that, right? In any other sport, it's halfway through the season. You got four or five months. In baseball, you got four or five weeks to decide what you want to do. And that's what makes it so tough,
3: obviously, when you have a lot of these games that particularly get postponed or if games get canceled. I mean, it's such a short window that you have to get these games in. And I know ultimately, you know, we're extending how many teams are in the playoffs, so that makes it challenging. But it's not that many players that are going to move anyway in a
2: traditional year in trades in baseball. You get a handful of teams that look to upgrade a certain position, maybe a pitcher, maybe a hitter, somebody's contract. That's expiring. That's pretty much it.
1: I want to ask you this after we mentioned Buster Only is brought to you by Blue Emu. Pharmacists recommended Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief works fast and you won't. Stink! You've always said you love the big stars. You're all about the big stars and the big town. You talked about the Yankees and the Rays with Buster. Look at who's right now currently on the injured list for the Yankees. Maybe this is a reason why the Rays are right now half game in front, as you said. Judge, Stanton, Britton, Canley, Lemayhew, Severino had the Tommy mm-hmm. John. I mean, I could go on and on. Those are just a handful. Torres. Those are just a handful of names. But
2: but but they're not gone for the year. They're just gone for a little bit and you're half game out is nothing. That changes overnight plus they're still in position to be in the playoffs. So it's, it's Exactly what it is. Just yeah. be patient. Yeah, it's be no patient. Big deal.
3: You're you're going to get everybody back into the rotation. Can't wait to see the Dodgers.
1: I, I love it. What? The
2: way- <laughs> let's stop, man. What do you mean? You mean you mean between the Yankees and the Dodgers? Is yes. That what you are saying? Yes. We we tried that for the last several years and it didn't work out. So well, let's just
1: Ron this Manfred would love to keep trying. Believe me, he we wants to We keep trying and it never works serious. out. <laughs> it's going to happen. Real quick, we're going to have Alan Hahn to talk basketball. He is with our Station ninety eight seven in New York on the Knicks, falling to the eighth spot in the lottery. That's coming up in two minutes. And what the Warriors might be able to do to basically get the number two pick and pair him with Steph and Clay. and all the NBA talk is coming in two minutes. But I want to ask you this because you said you can't wait for the postseason. You told me yesterday, regular season, bro, I don't care about any sport. The mind of an athlete, get me to the postseason. In baseball this year, 16 teams are going to make the playoffs, the most ever. Baseball used to be the hardest sport to make the postseason. There used to be four teams that got in back in the 80s. Now this year, because of COVID, it's 16. So let me ask you, you're running the Yankees, you're running any team, you're Dodgers. You could go and say, listen, 16 are making it. Let's make a move by August 31st because this year's so wacky anybody could win. Or is it the other way? Bro, if you can't get in when we're allowing 16 teams in? then you don't even need to be my general manager. What would you do? As a fan, you want to add, but right now, what does it feel like the best thing is to do?
3: I, I just hold tight. I just hold tight. I mean, get like, in and I, never know. Get, get in and never know. I mean, that's what I would do personally.
2: Well, I, it depends on where you're at in terms of getting in. Like, But for like instance, more than
1: half of baseball is in, though. Yeah, that's but I'm exactly saying it
2: depends on where you're at in terms of what you need. Like, you just can't trade for guys just to be trading for guys. I mean, it doesn't because they want something from the forum system. perfect example is like the Dodgers. We have a rich forum's we.
3: <laughs> you, you say we all the time. We have a
2: rich
1: – you cheating we. on the Lakers right now? Like no, it's
2: that's baseball. We side have a,
1: chick is the – No, no, He's every got a side in
3: chick. In no, every team in L.A. is we. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's we. There you go. Except UCLA. Um, <laughs> we, when you look at it, we have a rich history in our forum system. So a lot of times when we look to make moves, people, first thing they do is they go to the forum system and say – We know you're not giving up Bellinger and we're not giving up Bueller. So what do you have there? And so that's what you have to make to determine the decision is what does a team have and willing to give up for us to, to give up what, you know, what we have for what you have, like, how can we work that out? And that's where you look now with a shortened season, have they had a chance to evaluate some of that form system talent in the around Major League Baseball, or are you just looking at the Major League rosters and trying to pluck guys that may have expiring contracts? that you look to like a Mookie Betts situation in Boston. You knew he did not want to be there, so the best thing we gave him, basically a pack of cigarettes and a a pack of chewing gum and a bottle of water for Mookie Betts, (laughs) and turned out he's with us and we're happy to have him.
1: Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN Radio Mm -hmm. is presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's home quote explore. Quote and buy all online at progressive.com. We mentioned Alan Hahn who spent so many years covering the Knicks as a beat writer and is now a host on Barton that would be with bart scott we're sitting next to a former jet bart of course a former jet as well 11 to 1 on espn 98 7 in new york he joins us bottom line here the knicks allen jay mentioned it they were hoping for the number one pick last year disappointed their fans this time around they get the eighth pick what's the feeling inside the organization considering this is exactly the strongest draft on record
6: yeah, I, I've, the uh, the feeling outside the organization is perpetual misery. Obviously, I mean that's just how fans are feeling. They, they want to win no matter what. Even if a lot of the ESPN experts were saying this is the worst draft in maybe the last twenty years, grade wise, you can always find you can find talent in every draft. But the feeling is that at the top of this draft there might not be, uh, you know, the, the Zion's and the Lucas that that we've seen the last couple of years. You wanted to win last year's no question. That one was a gut punch. You still got a top three, but this one dropping two. Guys, the Knicks have, since Patrick Ewing in 85, the Knicks have been in the lottery, I think, 15 million times. <laughs> they have never moved up in the draft, ever. They've moved back, as as they did yesterday. They have never, ever moved up. So it feels like that Ewing tax they continue to pay. Inside the organization, though, I wonder what they're going to do with this pick. Because, you know, you can, like I said, you can probably find value at eight. They've got three picks, by the way, in the first 38 of this draft. So they have some draft capital. But because this is a new regime with Leon Rose and and World Wide West and and obviously Tom Thibodeau is the coach, they've made a lot of changes to the front office. You kind of wonder, are they going to look to just make sweeping changes with that roster? And would this be a trade asset with the eighth pick? Because they've already got three young guys or four young guys on this roster, three top 10 picks already on this roster. It might be time to upgrade and maybe try to accelerate the process.
3: I would use it as a trade asset for sure, because I, I feel like Tom Thibodeau is going to try to reset the culture. This is the first time I can remember at this team, like the culture that Tibbs brings in. Obviously, we know his hard-nosed, uh, he's a guy that's better around veterans. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you think that's the same feeling internally for this organization? I think it all depends on what you can get, right, Jay? I mean, you, you know,
6: we know what could be out there. there. Every year, there's that one-star player that says, I've had it here. And it, the, the here's the ironic thing. The Knicks have always been on that team, on that player's list. Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving. You know, every time there's been a player that said, I, I want to move on from where I am, the Knicks have been on the list. The problem is they've never had the assets to trade for any of these guys. They've never had the ability to make that move. Free agents might not want to sign here, but when you you can trade for anybody. And then once you do, you have a star. So who's going to be that player? Who's that guy that when we do get to an offseason says, I'm kind of all set where I am. Maybe I don't like, you know, maybe there's a young player in the West that's like, it's 12 deep out here. I'm never going to get to the playoffs, or I'm never going to have a chance to win a championship in the West. I need to move East. Where can I go? New York is a team that's looking for a star. I don't know who that player is, but it's good to have assets to be able to get that player when they do, do become available. Alan, do you think, though, with the new
2: regime attack, you mentioned everybody from Worldwide Wide West to Coach Tibbs to Leon Rose. Do you think, though, when you look to the big ticket free agents that are out there – that they may necess- not necessarily like New York because it can be very hostile environment if things don't work out, that they shy away
6: from it. No one knows this better than you, right, Key? I, mean, <laughs> I, was, I was good
2: with it. I'm, I embrace yeah, it. Okay. I
6: had no problem with and it. That's the, and that's exactly it. We've got to find here in New York, I think you, what you understand is you've got to find the guy like you who wanted it, wants to smoke, wants to be part of this, is not going to run away from that afraid of it, but... You also understand the Jets drafted you. You didn't have a choice, right? Like you had to go to the Jets no matter what. Well, free agents. Had, <laughs> I guess Eli Manning did also have something to say Touché. about it. But, 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 still. I,
2: but I did want to come here. I wanted to be a New York Jet. I, I didn't run from it. And I think when you look at it, though, Alan, they, you said, right? They didn't have the capital to, to move guys. I just think that a lot of times, like you said, the smoke, a lot of times, people, players like, you know what? we don't want to deal with the unrealistic expectations in an owner that can't get out of his own way, those sort of things. But now with the new regime intact, you mm-hmm. would think that maybe you can draw some, somebody. I don't know who that
6: somebody well, would be, though. I'll tell you what. They, they have What they've done kind of quietly here is, oh, not in New York because we notice everything, is that they've hired not only Tom Thibodeau. There's, there's two assistants that are on their way. One is Kenny Payne from Kentucky. Don't sleep on that one. John Calipari's right-hand man, and all those Kentucky guys—twenty-eight players from Kentucky in the NBA—the most of any program right now. Dang he's him. he's worked with all of them. He has developed all of them. They all love him. You never know. <laughs> Anthony Davis is gonna be here. Yeah, free Anthony agent. Davis ain't he's coming here. May staying
2: in L.A. Stop. I don't know about
6: this thing? A- Allen. Stop. I'm about- just saying it's one of those things. The other one, by the way, is the guy from the is uh, is from the Jazz, is Johnny Grant, who's very close to Donovan Mitchell. They're bringing in people that are development coaches that also have a lot of connections. So. For future reference,
3: I don't know if it's necessarily going to be immediate future. Mm -hmm. Alan, how about 2021? I got to ask you about the elephant in the room. It seems like every single year, New York Knicks fans get so excited if it was Kevin Durant, Kyrie, big names. Yeah, I have to do it. 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 Giannis, (laughs) tell me, can it happen?
6: I I don't th- I'm I'm letting that stuff go. I really am. I think after Kevin after Kevin Durant, I don't know if if anybody in New York, I don't know if a Nick fan can hope ever again. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't think they ever ever can again. By the way, Key, when did you become French? Every time you talk baseball, I hear we. Well, I mean <laughs> anything that's. California, L.A.
2: base is going to be we. I mean, that's just. It's called being a homer, out. Yeah, I'm a
6: homer. You're a
2: homer. You're a homer. He's a homer. You like the Knicks. I'm sure you, you to a degree, Yankees. You got the Mets. You like the Giants, the Jets. I mean, come on, man. Stop. Don't, I, work,
6: I work with a former Jet. That's all we talk about is Jet. I don't ever hear Bart say we, ever. Well, because that's
2: him. <laughs> because they're the Jets. I ha- I, hey, look, I have no problem saying We. Us Lakers won last night. Do you say <laughs> us we, Dodgers not, not, won. Do you
3: say we with the Jets?
1: Uh, no. ah, what happened? Was. Let, let me see if they get to the Super Bowl. I'll say <laughs> I be like, we. So I'll take that as a no. Obviously. All right. So Barton Hahn, eleven to one on ESPN ninety eight seven in New York. You got that first segment already programmed, talking about that eighth pick. And if you're listening to us in the New York market, we'll look for you this morning. On ninety eight seven, Alan. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, keep Alan.
6: it up. Great stuff. Thank Appreciate you.
1: Appreciate it. So here's the thing, Alan. Kind of mentioned it's not a great draft at the top, worst in twenty years. It all depends on where you come from. Some people are saying this is the worst draft since twenty thirteen when your boy Anthony Bennett went number one, and that obviously did not who? work out. Who's, your, who, who's your
3: boy? Who? <laughs> who are you? Who are you referring to when you say your boy?
1: Well, I mean the number. Well, you're a number one overall pick, so you have that kinship there. But you know who the number? This is Alan's point. Yeah, the top of the draft wasn't great in 2013. It may not be great this year either. So Anthony Bennett busts at number one. But the 15th pick, because remember Alan said you can find guys anywhere. The 15th pick in that draft, Giannis.
3: I'll also tell you who's a restricted agent coming up who plays in the West. And Alan kind of alluded to it. It's such a logjam of talent here. And I'm not sure David Griffin would let him go. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Was a restricted free agent. So, I, you know. look, there, there are different targets out there that you can go for, but you look at, you know, how do you start building? And here's the one thing about the Knicks. They have a lot you of can't, expiring – con- you, can't,
2: you can't build around Brandon Ingram. What are you talking about? Did you watch him this year? I, he's I, the most I, improved player in the league. He's cool, but you can't – you're trying to win a championship. You can't build around him. You, oh, you're tripping be, right now. He can now. be a piece of it.
3: you tripping, well, I'm not saying – look, Brandon Ingram – You're saying Ingram, build. Yeah, build around. I'm not saying he's going to be a super max kind of guy, but he's trending in that direction. You see the season he had this year?
2: I I saw the season he had, but you said build. Yes. Building is like Giannis. That's who you build You need
1: Uh, anybody to start building around if you're a New York Knicks fan. Houston, we have a problem. But just not from three-point range. That's nice.
0: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.